This is The World in Brief from The Economist. Our top stories. America's Attorney General named a special counsel to investigate how classified documents from Joe Biden's tenure as vice president during the Obama administration remained in his private possession. Robert Herr, a former federal prosecutor, will lead the probe. Two batches of documents have been discovered at Mr. Biden's think tank and in the garage of his Delaware home. Congressional Republicans seeking to divert attention from Donald Trump's documents scandal, an investigation with its own special prosecutor, have promised their own inquiry. America and Japan announced plans to strengthen their security alliance amid concerns over China's growing influence in the Indo-Pacific. The new initiatives include reorganizing American troops based in Okinawa, a Japanese island, into a new regiment equipped with anti-ship missiles. Japan also signed a defense agreement with Britain, which will allow both countries to deploy troops on each other's territory. Consumer prices in America fell by 0.1% in December, the first monthly decline since May 2020. The drop is attributable to a reduction in the price of fuel and lower consumer demand. Annual inflation to December remains at 6.5% higher than the Federal Reserve's 2% target, but well below a peak of 9.1% in June. Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing Co., one of the world's largest chipmakers, reported a record quarterly profit of 295.9 billion new Taiwanese dollars, 9.4 billion U.S. dollars, a 78% rise. Strong demand for high-performance chips for 5G infrastructure and gadgets meant that TCMC bucked the trend of collapsing profits for technology firms. Benin's main opposition party, Les Democrates, rejected the results of last week's election, accusing supporters of Patrice Talon, Benin's president, of flagrant cheating. Parties allied with Mr. Talon won 81 out of 109 seats, with Les Democrates winning the remainder. Once a pioneer of African democracy, Benin has moved towards one-party rule in recent years. No opposition candidates were permitted to run in the previous parliamentary election in 2019. Russia released Taylor Dudley, an American Navy veteran whom it detained after he entered the Russian exclave of Kaliningrad in April. Mr. Dudley is the second American citizen freed from Russian prisons in just over a month. Meanwhile, 500 Ukrainian civilians remained trapped in Solidar, a town in eastern Ukraine that is being fiercely fought over, according to local officials. George Ganswine, a Catholic archbishop and friend of the late Pope Benedict XVI, released his long-awaited memoir. In Nothing But the Truth, My Life Beside Pope Benedict XVI, Archbishop Gaswine, nicknamed Gorgeous George, makes public the tense relationship between Pope Benedict and his successor, Pope Francis. During an interview, Archbishop Gaswine said Pope Francis's restrictions on Latin Mass 
pained Benedict's heart. And fact of the day, 40%. The percentage of elephant deaths that were the result of poaching in 2021. According to Monitoring the Illegal Killing of Elephants, a conservation program. And now here's a deeper look at the day ahead. America and Japan buddy up in defense. On Friday, Kishida Fumio, Japan's prime minister, visits the White House. His meeting with Joe Biden bookends a whirlwind tour of countries, including France, Italy, Britain, and Canada, as Japan prepares to host a G7 summit in Hiroshima in May. In Washington, climate and trade issues, especially American curbs on semiconductor exports to China, will be on the agenda. But the two leaders will also focus on security. On Wednesday, their governments announced a commitment to strengthen their bilateral security alliance, faced with an increasingly assertive China. This move comes at a time of upheaval for Japan's security policy. Under a plan released in December, the country will nearly double its defense spending and acquire new weapons systems, including long-range missiles. The Biden administration has praised the initiative, seeing Japan's buildup as essential to deterring China's aggression, and thus a means to ensure the security of the Indo-Pacific. The calm before the storm for America's banks. On the surface, the ripples look calm enough. Four of America's biggest lenders, Bank of America, Citigroup, J.P. Morgan, and Wells Fargo, will report fourth-quarter and full-year earnings on Friday. The expectation is that they, along with Goldman Sachs and Morgan Stanley, who report next week, will make a similar level of profit as they did in the second or third quarters of 2022. Yet those gentle undulations hide a frantic churn in bank business revenues. Net interest income, the money banks collect on loans, less the money they pay out on deposits, is soaring as the Federal Reserve raises interest rates. Meanwhile, the risk of a slowing economy may force borrowers to default, so banks are setting aside loan loss provisions. The shock of much higher interest rates has killed off deal-making activity, while leading to banner years for trading desks. These pressures are expected to balance out for now, but choppier waters may lie ahead. How to Change Indian Palates For Hindus, the middle of January is an auspicious time. Makar Sakranti, a festival that marks the end of the winter solstice, known as Pongal in South India, falls this weekend. For millions of Indian farmers, it is an occasion to celebrate harvests past while praying for more bountiful ones to come. Rice and wheat are India's traditional staples, but India's government is hoping to change that. It pushed the UN to declare 2023 the International Year of Millets. At home, it is organizing events to increase consumption and production of cereals. Their reasoning is sound. Millets, a name given to a range of small-grained cereals, require far less water than rice and wheat. They also provide more protein and fiber. 
yet they remain largely unfashionable with the Indian population. Per-person consumption of millets has fallen in recent decades, as urbanization changed consumer tastes. The government may struggle to convert Indian palates. Germany weathers the economic storm. On Friday, Germany's statistics agency will publish GDP growth figures for 2022. Analysts expect the number to hover around 1.6%. Last year was one of the most difficult for the German economy in recent history. Vladimir Putin's invasion of Ukraine radically reduced Russian deliveries of natural gas to Germany. In 2021, Russia accounted for over half of German gas imports. A rapid increase in energy prices, as well as post-pandemic challenges, like supply chain bottlenecks, posed a serious threat to Germany's manufacturing-heavy economic model. Yet so far, the economy has weathered the storm. German GDP rose by 0.4% between July and September last year. That followed increases of 0.8% and 0.1% in the first and second quarters, respectively. Even so, first-quarter GDP figures for 2023 will probably show that Germany has fallen into recession, defined as two consecutive quarters of negative growth. But it is expected to be mild, as is the downturn in the rest of the Eurozone. A new film tackles race and gender in France. Saint-Omer, France's entry for this year's Oscars, is released in America on Friday. To describe it simply as a courtroom drama is to overlook the subtle study of motherhood, race, separation, and belonging at the center of this first feature film by Elise Diop, a French director born to Senghalese parents in the suburbs of Paris. The movie follows the trial of Laurence Coley, Guslagi Malanda, a Senghalese woman studying in Paris. She admits to leaving her baby daughter on a beach in northern France to be carried away by the tide and is accused of murder. The story unfolds through the eyes of Rama, Kaiji Kagame, a writer whose parents also come from Senegal. The trial awakens in Rama the pain of her own maternal relationship as well as her bicultural anxiety, peeling back layers of racial and cultural prejudice. Miss Diop has already won gongs at the Venice Film Festival for Saint-Omer, which is based on a true story. It is an artful account of the immigrant experience in France, and of motherhood everywhere. Daily Quiz Our baristas will serve you a new question each day this week. On Friday, your challenge is to give us all five answers, and as important, tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 1700 GMT on Friday to quizespresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Saturday. Friday. Which voracious bird is the national bird of Romania, the state bird of Louisiana, and also has a publishing imprint named after it? Thursday. What profession links Saruman, Severus Snape, 
and Oz the Great and Powerful. The winners of last week's crossword. Thank you to everyone who took part in our new weekly crossword, published in the weekend edition of Espresso. The winners chosen at random were Corian Kershey, Ottawa, Canada, Bernd Arne Odegaard, Fitjar, Norway, Ramon Asperua, Caracas, Venezuela. They all gave the correct answers of Pope Benedict, Poland, Enemy, and Toyota. Check back tomorrow for this week's crossword. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Iris Murdoch. All art is the struggle to be, in a particular sort of way, virtuous. That's the world in brief from The Economist, available three times every day of the week. You can also hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, on your podcast app. And subscribers to The Economist have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app to start listening.